Welcome to Healthy Brain, Happy Body, a podcast from the Northeast Region Biofeedback Society. I'm your host, Dr. Saul Rosenthal. In this podcast, we explore the ever-fascinating connections between brain, body, health, and happiness. Today, we're guided by Dr. Frank Mathias, founder and executive director of New Pathway Counseling in New Jersey. New Pathway works with people in recovery using a holistic approach to treatment that incorporates physical fitness, therapy, mindfulness, 12-step intervention, and bioregulation. Bioregulation therapy, or BRT, is an approach using pulsed electromagnetic fields to improve cellular communication and regulation. Dr. Frank is an advocate for integrated approaches to recovery and health, consulting with a variety of organizations and publishing on topics as diverse as reward deficiency syndrome and using amino acids as part of addiction recovery treatment. On December 1st, he'll talk with NRBS about achieving our full potential with interventions like bioregulation therapy. I talked with him about moving towards our full potential from a multifaceted perspective that embraces mind, body, and spirit. Frank, I want to welcome you to Healthy Brain, Happy Body. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yo, I appreciate it. You're going to give a webinar in December. Uh, it's entitled Achieving Full Potential for Your Clients and Your Practice with Bioregulation Therapy, Methods and Lessons from an Addiction Recovery Perspective. So it's, it's a pretty long title. This Correct. long title's got a lot in it. I just want to start. What, what, what do you mean by uh, full potential? Let's start there. Well, I mean, full potential. I think that, uh, you know, especially in the addiction space and co-occurring space, I think that full potential is critical in terms of a lot of individuals uh, suffering, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, uh, addictive disorders. Um, reaching that full potential is critical, but I, I think part of the problem is that you're fighting a learned helplessness, almost like a genetic predisposition of helplessness that's been passed on from generation to generation. Your practice, uh, New Pathway, it's, it's a holistic, it provides interventions that target lots of different aspects of a person's life. And I think you, you call it sore fit. How, how does that go after the, this um, full potential? How does that help, help people achieve it? Well, I mean, here's the thing is that, uh, you know, we all know, and it's nothing new, that if you have an emotional imbalance, it affects you physically. And if you have a physical imbalance, it, it affects you emotionally. Now, anxiety is a normal adaptive response to stress that allows coping with a lot of adverse situations. In that sore fit model, what we do is we almost instantaneously normalize and have a basic understanding of what stress is because your body needs stress. We need stress in our, in our lives, and it's not necessarily always negative. So when I can work with clients on a, a physiological, neurological level by moving the body and listening to the body, um, then that adaptive process, they have the ability to look at it for the different perspective. So I, I don't know if this is true with you, though I imagine it is, but a lot of my clients that I work with who may be anxious or depressed or uh, be, be overusing substances, they want to get rid of their stress. They don't see stress as a positive. Do, do you run into that a lot? Well, I get it. I mean, look, if you ask someone quite simply, what what is the, you know, the one thing most people are anxious about? And the question and the answer is their anxiety, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that 
feedback loop is constantly, you know, going around and around and around. And, and it's sort of like an imbalance between those hemispheres in the brain and, you know, a deficit of the limbic, limbic system. So I, I think the physiolo- physiological aspect of what we do in SoreFit and, and the movement component is an automatic, it's like, letting the steam out of the, you know, slowly opening up that valve and people feel more at ease and are more able to then talk about that discomfort after you prime the pump, so to speak, in terms of, you know, getting the body moving, getting that norepinephrine uh, uh, engaged in your system, in your body. And, and, you know, it's kind of like, it's like miracle grow for your miracle grow for your brain. The, the BDNF gets activated and people are, are look at the therapeutic aspect of dealing with that response in a different, in a different way. So moving the body, physical movement, it almost sounds like you're shifting their, the stress from kind of all mental to more the physical and that maybe that shifts people's attitudes towards it as well. I was just curious about what sort of physical movement you're talking about with the SoreFit program. Well, everything is, well, usually we engage people in high intensity training, but it's all, everything we do is more uh, inclined to do body weight type exercises and everything is scalable. So we have people from 18 years old to 65 years old, all, working collectively and interacting. So there's, there's a social aspect of that. So that automatically helps people, you know, reduce their fear, reduce their anxiety. But the other thing is, is that it normalizes a lot of that emotional and physical discomfort. And somewhere along the continuum of that physical activity, and it's different for everybody, will then stress those individuals physically in terms of, pushing someone to that limit where they might feel that discomfort and that little voice inside their head may say, you know, this is maybe becoming a little too much for me, or maybe I'm taxing my body, or maybe I can't catch my breath. But the interesting thing that I've noticed is that 99.9% of the time, the people break through that discomfort barrier because they feel an inclusivity to the group. So now in that clinical aspect, if you're talking about an addiction, say that the analogy is, well, you, I was observing you while you were, we were doing our, our group movement therapy, our, our SORFIT model. And, you know, I saw you struggling, but I saw you kind of like talking to yourself and I saw you, you know, not giving in and, and pushing. And, and usually the response is that, well, of course, I, I didn't want to be the person that quit the group. And, and then my next response would be like, oh, so you do have that ability to override that little voice in your head when everything in your mind tells you you can't. And then most people, that's like the aha moment, right? It's like, you know, I never really looked at it that way. And so now, not only do we have a new coping skill and, we un- and then we have a, a buy-in with like, there's a new normal, you know, in other words, normalizing anxiety, normalizing depressive, normalizing, you know, the need to not feel, you know, I always say like addiction isn't so much about feeling good. It's more about not feeling. And and I think that at that stage, people understand that 
it's normal, especially when you're dealing with, look, anxiety and addiction and co-occurring disorders, you know, a lot of those issues are rooted in trauma. And, and, and most of those individuals will, you know, want to blot out that pain or discomfort despite that negative consequence, just not to deal with the pain of the trauma. It's just, it's going to happen over and over and time and time again. And, you know, that's just a, you know, the brain is hardwired to what? Feel pleasure and escape pain. So, you know, that that's an, again, that's an inherited DNA type learned helplessness that we're helping people overcome. So the group, the, the sort of social, I don't want to call it pressure because it doesn't sound like it's pressure, social support and the physical, uh, that is physical stress that you're putting folks under, I mean, po- in a positive way, those seem to really shift their own feelings about stress, not necessarily kind of reducing that need to escape from it so much and, and maybe even begin to recognize it. Right, right, embracing it. Like, in other words, the discomfort is part of the journey. I mean, life is about discomfort. Light it, life is about fighting resistance. It's sort of, you know, the other kind of, term we hang on to is, you know, win the invisible war, right? I mean, that 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 resistance is always playing in our minds because that's what our brain does, right? It recognizes patterns, it takes shortcuts, and, you know, it, it's going to repeat them. You're going to be talking to primarily a bunch of clinicians who do biofeedback and neurofeedback and, and the, the psychophysiology. So I wonder if you could talk about bi- the bioregulation part and how does that fit into the SORFIT program? Sure. Well, I mean, look, I think the, the, the quantitative EEG gives us a glimpse into understanding like that, those electrical patterns. And we all know that the electrical activity in the brain causes various neurochemical changes. The diagnostic and therapeutic clinical discipline of bioregulation therapy, it, it uses the technology to capture the body's own internal generated Electromagnetic, in, electromagnetic information, and it utilizes that information along with a specific frequency and intensity to promote healing, reduction of inflammation, uh, the transmission of homeopathic sig- signals within the cell. So it, it helps us communicate on a cellular level better. So if I'm someone who has and anxiety and substance abuse disorder, let's say, especially someone who has a lot of repeated attempts and failures, and you don't really quite understand it, or let's just say, you know what the root cause is, but it's too painful up to this point to even get there. Well, if I can utilize an instrument that gives you almost instantaneous a feeling of relief and a feeling of being at ease without, you know, and look, I've done a lot of work with neurofeedback and, 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 and those type of things. And sometimes it's difficult for patients to, to, to withstand that attention. And, and sometimes, you know, you could maybe get that same effect with a, uh, you know, a Tai Chi type Qigong type meditation session, but, you know, not everybody is really wired to do any one specific thing. However, with the BRT device, it's as simple as just relaxing. You know, you could put on music of your choice. I, I like to also just put on some type of light shield so that, the, you know, it promotes that sense of space. And then it's just a matter through that bioregulation changes in cellular communication. So if your body and your cells are communicating better and it's reducing inflammation, 
physically, physiologically, and look, communication in terms of my brain to my body in terms of my emotional response, that gives, again, almost like that, the sore fit model of distracting those negative thoughts by movement. I'm able to allow individuals to relax without trying to, you know, focus on an an application, which seems to be very helpful. Yeah, I I don't know that I want to push the analogy too far, but it it almost seems like the, the struggle people have with accepting that anxiety and discomfort may be part of your life. I mean, that's almost an inflammation. Like it's, it's a wall between us and the world. And some of these interventions you're talking about, like the BRT device or other bioregulation, seems like it kind of weakens that wall a bit along with the physical, the intense physical activity you're getting folks to do in whatever other sort of therapeutic interventions, it sort of weakens that wall enough that they can kind of let it come down and maybe accept that, you know, life is all sorts of things. Sure. And and in our model, like the 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 delivery system is so easy, but understand it's sort of like the physical movement is a piece. The meditation is a piece, you know, like that mind, body, spirit model. With the bioregulation therapy, it just doesn't tar- target one system in the brain or the body, but dozens simultaneously. So I I believe, like, I'd have to do PET scans and all those type of things, but I believe it affects the the glutamate system in the brain, which is used for the neurons to communicate. So in essence, as a result of BRT, the, the glutamate production is enhanced. I mean, again, it's just my theory. And I think that's why a majority of the clients feel like almost after the almost every initial session, they feel like things feel like a little bit lighter a little bit brighter. Uh, you know, I'm hearing things as I'm driving home a little bit more clearly. A, a non-clinical uh, uh, analogy would be like the, it eliminates the static between radio stations, right? And, and all of a sudden I'm connected. And then if I feel a sense of relief, you know, imagine that coupled with the the the, the physical aspect of what we do, perhaps a, a, a DBT session or a CBT session, and, you know, the, the, the bioregulation, all of a sudden, in a relatively short period of time, say three consecutive sessions in, with their outpatient treatment, it makes a significant difference just by the way people feel. See, because I think it's crucial for us to listen to what the body is telling us. Right. Because even with anxiety, it's a physical response to an emotional disorder. And sometimes it saves our life, obviously. But when it becomes overwhelming or it becomes uh, traumatic or it becomes reoccurring and it becomes part of a negative feedback loop, then it becomes, you know, then it disables us. For, for people who may not know as much about bioregulation, can you discuss the BRT, explain what it is and and what modalities you're using in particular? Look, it's a very simple application. Imagine having a a cuff placed on both ankles, right? Like a a Velcro pad on your left wrist, perhaps on the right and left sides of your forehead, like a a headband. We black out or, or, or put on a red light and, and, and maybe, you know, classical music or just some 
soothing type music and, and, and we warm up the atmosphere. And we've monitored this through uh, heart rate variability devices. And someone who isn't, isn't suffering from, B, from anxiety, if they were just to come in and do a BRT session and as little in a 30 minute session, we've monitored that a third of that time, 33% of that time, the individuals are, are, are in deep sleep. So imagine during the day, even if you're working and, and you're high paced, I'm like, who gets 10 minutes of deep sleep in the middle of their day? Nobody, right? So if you're sleep deficient over a long period of time, that can exacerbate anxiety. But through this heart rate variability that we test with is that, you know, there's empirical evidence that in a 30 minute session, 10 minutes of that is deep sleep. You might in, a, in the course of eight hours in a night, you might only get an hour of deep sleep. So, you know, if I can help clients get 10 minutes of deep sleep three times a week in the middle of their day or the middle of their therapy, that in itself is going to reduce a, a physiological response. It improves cellular health, communication and function without a doubt. I think it promotes quick recovery from chronic pain because uh, it reduces pain, inflammation and swelling. It boosts your immunity, perhaps hormonal imbalances. I also think that here's the key. It repairs damages with, you know, uh, repairs damaged tissues and also increases uh, uh, nutritional absorption because your body works efficiently. See, the whole thing for here is balance, right? Even anxiety, addiction, uh, overcoming trauma. What's our goal here? Emotional balance. Right. You know, especially for imagine a client saying, well, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing in my treatment plan. I'm coming to all my sessions. I'm doing uh, uh, all, all my my sore fit work. Uh, I'm, I'm engaged in, in doing the best I can with the mindfulness piece. And something still isn't right. You know, I just don't feel. A hundred percent. Now, that could be a lot of different things, obviously, but. I just look for that small window of opportunity. It's sort of like in the mindfulness piece. If I can get you to recognize what it feels like to be in the gap between your thoughts, even for a second, then you know it's possible. If I could give you or administer, I should say, a bioregulation therapy treatment as an adjunct to everything else that we do, and you feel your body, you have a sense of feeling just a little bit better. That's the buy-in, you know? So we begin to break that hopelessness or that dysfunctional thinking pattern and understand that, look, and some days we're just going to get up even when everything is going good in our life and it was just going to be a bad day. That's okay, right? So I can't let one bad day turn into two and two turn into four. And the other thing is it regu helps regulate the brain function. And it's an easy application. That's the, you know, that's the most, probably one of the most significant things. And, and look, there's so many things going on uh, with holistic medicine today. And, and I, I'm thankful for that with all the, you know, you hear all the studies about, uh, you know, the psychedelic medicine and the homeopathic type stuff. And the thing with that is that one, no one knows the really the long and short-term effects uh, of uh, these modalities. And the other thing is, is that although BRT has similar 
um, results, BRT is not invasive at all, right? I mean, the worst thing that happen, you get put on the, the, the machine, the, the therapeutic device, and there's no medication to be administered. There's no uh, risk factors involved. Now, obviously, we have to screen all the the, 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 the clients to make sure that if you had a, a, a pacemaker or something like that, then that would keep you out of the, the, the study. We just completed a clinical trial uh, for some of the major insurance carriers and, um, you know, our long-term abstinence and success rates utilizing the BRT as an adjunct therapy to traditional substance abuse and co-occurring disorders is like plus 90%. It's off the yeah, charts. It's fantastic. Yeah. No, I think that, um, you know, neuroregulation, bioregulation is horrendously underutilized for addiction and recovery. For the BRT, are you, you're using, uh, is it pulsed electromagnetic? Yeah, it's a combination. Pulsed electronic magnetic therapy is part of that application. All right. So there is a, there is a pad that delivers that property. And then there is a low voltage electrical signal that gets also sent into the body. So it, it combines the bioregulation therapy and the pulse electromagnetic therapy at the same time. And I think that's true. One of the other great features because what it does too in that relaxation of your neurological system it helps you patients sleep better too. You know, that's why I alluded to that 10 minutes of deep sleep because, you know, look, better sleep means better health, right? And I think that the BRT imitates the brain's natural rhythm for rest and recovery. So, I mean, that's a, a, a simple way to, to kind of understand it is if I can train my brain without trying to relax and recover, it's helpful in that therapeutic process. Your clinical focus is addiction and recovery, and I'm curious about what your thoughts are in terms of what that work tells us about health and potential. Well, to me, it's if you're able to empty yourself in terms of the concept of I empty everything, right, that surrender concept, and I allow for assistance in a universal analogy in terms of I empty myself, I surrender, and I allow th that force, that God image, that soul energy that exists in us and around us collectively to then fill me back up. It gives me the wherewithal and strength to create something new. In other words, a co-creation because it never existed before and become the best version of myself. So the anxiety, the depression, the struggle, what people go through on a daily basis. Look, I mean, we're probably more disconnected as a society today more than ever, especially what we've been through over the last two years. And, and to be connected to nature, to 
communities, to everything that exists outside of us and understand that that energy is the same energy that sustains me is very powerful. In other words, it creates that imagination. In other words, look at it from the concept that everything we perceive, everything that we know, everything that we encompass is the imagination of God. And then we have that same power within us to imagine our life worth living. So that is what? That's the complete opposite of dysfunction. That's the complete opposite of anxiety and depression. I normalize it and understand is that the way through it is emptying myself and then receiving that power that's available to everybody in all disciplines of life. And what does it do? It brings us together as a community. I mean, that's what we need. We need communal contact. I mean, look, from the beginning of time, like how were people, stories were told down, traditions were passed down, and, you know, that was the antithesis of life. So that change, you know, over time, that division, that disconnection, is it gets handed down from generation to generation in our DNA. It becomes part of our DNA. Um, so I think the inclusivity and the communication, you know, it's, I never really even thought about it before, to be honest with you, but the communication between cells is much like the communication of us within a community, like right? the greater the communication, the greater the bond, the greater the bond, the more of a feeling of, of a sense of, hey, I belong here. I have a purpose here. The work we do then, it's whether we are working at the cellular level, trying to get the cells to communicate better, or at the social level, trying to get each other to communicate better, allow it, it somehow allows that process of, of emptying, letting go, normalizing the anxiety, normalizing the depression, normalizing the struggle is necessary for that letting go in order to then be filled, as you put it, with that imagination, that, that uh, sense of a life worth living. So like like your program is doing, it seems like we, we need to kind of work at every level, whether it's cellular or bodily or mentally or socially. Absolutely. Well, I think, isn't that the key? I would I would think so, yeah. Right? Like, you know, yeah, I mean, like when we could build that and we have that understanding, I mean, imagine if it was hardwired into our DNA, anxiety, depression, difficulty, pain, that's normal. And And if I normalize it, and I rely on the resources that are available, increasing the communication, then there's a solution. Like I get stuck when I have no solution, right? Or I say, throw my hands up and say, well, it's just my lot in life, I have to deal with it. But the reality is, is that we all have choices. And one of the choices that we don't have is resistance, you know, the uh, not facing resistance. I mean, every step you take when you're walking, you're fighting gravity, <laughs> right? So there's just no way to eliminate resistance in our life. And who would want to do it anyway? Because resistance is the key. So it's sort of like making our thought patterns and the way we perceive it change and recognizing I have the solution 
the whole time. It's just about how my mind communicates with my body, how my body communicates with my mind and how I interact with the spirit that sustains me. I'd like to finish these up with some one thing questions, if that's okay. What is one thing you want our listeners to take away from this discussion? The one thing I want, I would say everybody has the ability to heal. And it's based on pattern recognition. The brain sees even when we're not aware. Okay. So the human mind is a habit machine, you know, so unconscious processing, right, is huge. So the brain sees the big picture. It learns how things work and factors into the past, future, creates loops. And those things are wired together. So I think the, the if you said one thing, self-awareness. And what is one of the interventions you use clinically, uh, whether they're bioregulatory or any other, that you particularly like for yourself? Well, look, here's a super simple process that everybody could do. I call it a 14-day transformation. If you took two minutes every day to set your intention when you wake up, spend five minutes during the day and writing a gratitude list, and then five minutes prior to going to bed to make your to-do list of three things. So you do two minutes of morning intention, five minutes of gratitude, and five minutes of your next day's things that need to be done, only three things. In 14 days, your life is going to change. Whomever you are, very simple application. Okay, it changes the way your perception, but it also begins to change the way you think. And it also changes your body on a cellular level. Right. I mean, there's been all kinds of study. I know Andrew Newberg is one of the pioneers down there and, and, and um, the Philadelphia, I believe, is, is, is um, where he does his research in terms of how prayer changes the brain on a cellular level. Right. So gratitude is a big piece of that. And it doesn't take much. It just takes the discipline to do it every day. That's why I say when, on that to do list, three things. I don't want to do more than three things because then I'm going to get overwhelmed and then I'm not going to do them. And then, you know, it's just, you know, we got to keep things really super simple. And that doesn't require any expensive equipment or any other intervention. It's, it's pretty straightforward. No, a, a marble notebook costs you 99 cents. Start writing. Well, Frank, I really want to thank you for joining us on Healthy Brain, Happy Body. And I am really looking forward to your talk in December. I thank you very much. Have a great day. Have a blessed day and, and, and a better Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Healthy Brain, Happy Body, a production of the Northeast Region Biofeedback Society. Go to nrbs.org to find out more about the organization, including our trainings, monthly webinars, and yearly conference. I'm your host, Dr. Saul Rosenthal, and our guide today to the healthy brain and happy body was Dr. Frank Mattias, executive director and founder of New Pathway Counseling. Dr. Frank was a professional athlete before turning to counseling psychology. He brings a strong knowledge of sports and physiology into his work, integrating it with traditional therapeutic and with bioregulation interventions. You can learn more about him at newpathway.com. Join us on December 1st for Dr. Frank's free webinar. 
follow the registration link in the show notes. You can also subscribe to this podcast following the subscribe here link or wherever you get your podcasts. We really want to hear from you. Be part of this ongoing conversation by contacting us with your thoughts, ideas, and questions at healthybrain at nrbs.org. Leave us reviews as well. It really helps podcasts like this one reach more listeners. Healthy Brain Happy Body is produced and edited by me. The theme music is Catch It by Coma Media. Be sure to join us on our next episode as we continue to explore the keys to our well-being on Healthy Brain Happy Body. Happy Body.